there is widespread outrage in Australia at the moment. And the outrage is about the way in which the communists, the communists in Beijing, are treating this country. In stopping our trade, in trying to punish us for various things, the worst outrage was the way in which they depicted in a cartoon our soldiers, our defence forces, as brutal terrorists. The problem is that it was our politicians who handed all this to Beijing on a plate. The first duty of the politicians, the first duty of the Commonwealth, is the defence of the realm, the defence of Australia, and how they failed in this. First, we have the Turnbull series submarines, obsolete submarines which are going to be delivered over such a long period of time that they won't be available as a fleet even in 2045, the centenary of the defeat of Japan when there'll no doubt be a parade of vessels in Sydney Harbour. And then there are the standards of entry. The standards of entry into the army have been so arranged, so changed, that you'd think that the last people the military wants are healthy young men. And then they've been undermining morale in the existing defence forces, as though they want to get rid of everybody from defence, as though they want to stop people joining the Army and the Navy and the Air Force. And this is a result of a four-year investigation, four long years. Instead of leaving allegations concerning breaches of the law by soldiers, breaches, alleged breaches, leaving them to the chain of command, leaving them to separate courts-martial, they amalgamated them into a four-year investigation and unbelievably, when the government got the report of the Brereton investigation, they published it. They published it, they handed a weapon to all powers and interests hostile to Australia. That was a very foolish decision. But when they published it, when they announced it, the Prime Minister said, you will find their brutal truths, brutal truths, as though these facts were proven, as though they'd been before a judge and a jury. And in doing this, they took away the presumption of innocence, and then they began to impose, even before there was one trial, they imposed collective punishment, collective punishment, something no democratic country does, something forbidden under international law. They imposed collective punishment on a number of soldiers, including deceased soldiers, by taking away or planning to take away their citations uh, and on disbanding a squadron. Now, these were appalling collective punishments. Young Heston Russell, a retired but still youthful commander from the SAS, has been conducting a vigorous campaign against this. He has a website, Voice of a Veteran, Voice of a Veteran. It's well worth looking at. 
And if you feel the way that most Australians do, that is outraged, there's a petition there to sign. Do sign it. Having done all this, having undermined morale and confidence in our armed forces, the government is now talking about appointing a special prosecutor. And the prosecutions are going to take years. This will be years out of the lives of our former soldiers, out of the lives of our veterans and our serving soldiers who've already <clears throat> put up with four years, four years of that investigation and media reports. Reports seem to have got out from the Defence Department into the media and all sorts of stories have appeared there. This is unacceptable. And it's completely unacceptable that any more time be taken. But I would suggest, and I've written about this, is that a, a time, an absolute time should be given for these prosecutions if any case is not before a judge and jury by Easter, then there should be no more. That should be the end of it. We'll be told, oh, there isn't any time to do this. No time. They've had four years. And we're told, we're assured that there is credible evidence, credible allegations in the Brereton report. If those are credible, they must have the evidence there. Let them bring the prosecutions now after Easter. If they're not before a judge and jury, stop them. And I think that should be a very important message we should be getting to our politicians. The politicians have betrayed our soldiers, but it's the politicians who have made us dependent on Beijing. Who sent off our manufacturing? Who disposed of that, sent it away, and where did it end up? In Beijing. And like the United States, a lot of our intellectual property has been taken, stolen, by the Chinese communists. And not only that, the politicians have presided over the acquisition of valuable farms, even water, and even a defence asset, at least one defence asset, the port of Darwin, to corporations under the ultimate control of the Communist Party. Now, corporations from China are not like investors from Belgium or Holland or the United States or Canada. All corporations from China, formed in China, have to be under the ultimate control and direction of the Communist Party of China. They even have branches of the Communist Party within the corporation. Why have our politicians done this? Why have they made us completely dependent economically on China? Why have they handed over so many of our assets to China? Why did they allow us then to be the subject of the sending by China of the virus, the Wuhan virus, which they call COVID? Why we have to use the name approved by the communists and approved by the communist-controlled WHO. Why do we have to accept this? This is the Wuhan virus, or as the Epoch Times calls it, 
the CCP virus, the Communist Party of China virus, and they let it go from China. We don't know whether they did it deliberately, but they certainly deliberately did not tell us, did not tell anybody else around the world that people were travelling from China whom they knew to have the virus. They were closing down parts of China to protect themselves, but they let large numbers of people leave China without subjecting them to quarantine and control and without warning us. We don't even know where the virus came from. We were told it came from a wet market, perhaps. It seems more likely that it came from a laboratory. Let us hope it escaped from the laboratory and wasn't released from that laboratory. Who knows? The situation is similar in the United States. The Democrat contender for the presidency, at the time I'm speaking, still a contender because a case is about to go before the Supreme Court. And let us hope that the Supreme Court judges have the courage and the spine to handle it. Because having read the case, I would say it's an open and shut case for the Supreme Court to rule that the elections in key battleground states were tainted and should not be accepted as the basis for appointing delegates to the uh, Electoral College. If the Supreme Court follows that line, then Mr. Biden will not be the President of the United States. Who knows? But the point is that Joe Biden is part of Biden Family Inc. The Biden family, and this is proven by the emails on Hunter Biden's laptop and the evidence given by people who thought they were working for a legitimate operation. There's a very strong case, and it has not in any way been rebutted, that the Biden family for many years has been selling influence and access in Washington to major plutocrats in the Ukraine, in Russia, and especially in China. Biden is in the pockets of the Communist Party of China. If he becomes president, woe to the West. We are in a terrible situation. The politicians have put us in Australia in that situation. In fact, there is no serious problem in Australia today, which if it were not created by our politicians, has been made significantly worse by them. So Australians, it is time now to do something about that. It is time to take back your country.